Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast, where we talk all things menopause. Today, I want to talk to you about something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So did you fall off the motivation wagon? The last week of 2022, right after Christmas, I put out an episode that talked about New Year's resolutions. And I said I thought that they were a wonderful way to take the year-end boundary, or the year-beginning boundary, actually, and make something new, make a change in your life as a result of those, of that boundary, that something that you wanted to do. And I encouraged you to think about making a resolution, maybe in addition to choosing a word of the year, but also just by itself, if that felt good to you. And I talked about how the year-end boundary was a good idea. And if you haven't listened to it, I I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was the episode from December 26th. It should be around 18, maybe. And here it is a month later. And I'm wondering, how are you doing on that resolution? And I say this because I noticed myself this last couple of weeks having a more difficult time getting up, going to the gym, making my exercise habit back in my life again. And I'm seeing the same old thing on my Facebook feed. I'm seeing people saying, how are you getting the motivation to do that? I'm just not motivated. Oh, it's cold and dreary. I just don't want to do anything. Oh, I get it. I am only an outside runner. I hate treadmills. So when it's cold and dreary, I don't feel like going. So people are saying things like, I got everything together. I did all the things. I I had it in my plan. My phone went, my alarm went off. My phone went off at 5, 5.30, whatever it was, and I just couldn't haul myself out of bed. I just didn't feel like it. What do y'all do to stay motivated? Well, I figured it was time for a few hard truths about motivation. The dictionary defines motivation as having motive. Okay, duh. So let's go back to what a motive is. And a motive is something, anything that causes a person to act. It can be positive, it can be negative, it can be I want something or I'm avoiding something, or it can be um, illicit, I'm going to get out of trouble by lying about who I am. So it's anything that makes a person act. 
act. But in the world of self-development, self-help, self-improvement, it's about making positive changes in your life. And it may, it's about something that makes you want to do something. It can be positive. I want to go to my exercise class because I know I feel better if I do. I have more energy. I know I'm getting, I'm making a positive change towards my weight and my health. Or it can be negative. I want to eat better because I'm scared. The doctor told me I was going to have a heart attack if I didn't do something. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach, I'm not going to get this. I, things are going to go wrong if I don't do this. That's a negative. So motivation in this sense refers to something that makes the action more desirable than the alternative. It's more desirable to look good in that dress than sleeping. It's more desirable to avoid a heart attack than to have a burger and fries every day. Motivation. But here's the dirty little secret. It's not always there. Internal, external, self-imposed, other-directed, no matter where it comes from, it's not always there. And it's related to willpower. So willpower is like a muscle. I may have spoken about this before, but willpower is like a muscle so that the more you use your willpower, the stronger it gets, but it also can get exhausted. Motivation is sort of the same thing. It, the more you are motivated, the more you work on your motivation, the better your motivation is going to be. But at some point, it just goes away. And the burger and fries or sleeping late or the chocolate ice cream or uh, whatever it is, taking a day off instead of going to work, uh, whatever it is, is more enticing in the moment. Remember that humans are designed for rewards in the moment. So motivation, if you don't see the reward in the moment, I happened to me this morning, I, I stepped on the scale and it hadn't budged and I've been working hard and so the reward wasn't there. And so motivation is a little bit lower, right? So there's always something more fun, more interesting, more tempting to lure us away from the path that we know we should take take. They're sleeping late, hanging out with friends, sore back, too much work that gets in the way of what we've said we wanted to do. A bad day or a party where everybody's smoking that gets in the way of quitting smoking. A birthday where it's only once a year or I can't eat all, all your friends saying I can't eat all of this. Split this dessert with me to sabotage your motivation because the reward is right there in front of you. It's king cake season in, in Louisiana. I just have to stay away from the damn things because I have no willpower when it comes to them. Too often, motivation sags in the face of perceived failure or boredom. And that's what happens to all of these great resolutions. So does that mean that we just give up and change is impossible, that we're just not good enough to do it, some fault of ours, resign ourselves to being whatever we were before and not make that positive change? Well, fortunately, that's not true. And even though it's motivation isn't the complete answer, there's something more powerful by far than motivation. And that thing is commitment. It's the solemn vow to oneself or to another 
that nothing is going to get in the way. Now, it's very true that we are, uh, people fall into four categories around commitment to self and to others. And Gretchen Rubin talks about this in her book, which I will reference in the show notes because I'm not remembering right now the title of it. But she talks about people who commit to self and to others. So we make those two kinds of commitments. And everybody does this. Everybody makes commitments to their self and they make commitments to other people. So it's how you react to that. So some people react really well when you say, I'm going to be, I, I can commit to myself and I commit to others. Those are, Gretchen calls them upholders. They're the people who uphold a commitment no matter what. Then there are people who will uphold a self-imposed commitment, but they don't uphold commitments to others. And these people are called questioners because they question outside authority. So they're, they're really good when they make a commitment to themselves, but they don't, make, don't do well when they make a commitment to other people. There are people who can't follow through on a commitment to themselves. And yet, if they make that commitment out loud to someone else, they're great at following through. And then there's the people who fight back against, oh, the ones who can make no commitment to themselves, but make it to other people, they're called obligers. And then there are the rebels. And if they make a commitment, they're going to fight back unless they really, really see the value in it. So we're going to talk today. The rebels are a very small percentage of the population. And if you are a rebel and you want to talk with me about how to, be, how to actually make a commitment that sticks, let's talk about that offline because I want to talk about the other three because they have some place they can go to make a commitment that'll stick, right? So if you're an obliger, make a uh, book a consultation with me and let's talk about that. Um, okay. You may have committed to, to things before and had and let yourself down or let someone else down because almost everybody except obligers tend to let someone down and even obligers have made commitments that they can't keep um how do you do commitment right first of all you claim your motivation so we go back to why we're doing this and we get really 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 deep with why we're doing this so that we know what that motivation is so we can reclaim it as often as possible because Commitment and motivation are going to work in sync. Um, you have to know why you want to make the change. And this goes for all of these people. And it even goes for rebels, because the more you know about why you're making the change, the easier it's going to be to, to stay motivated and stay committed. And those are, remember, those are two different things. The second step is to know yourself around this particular change. So here, here <clears throat> excuse me, here is what I'm saying about this. Not every, not every commitment is the same. Not every commitment starts with a, hits your basic personality. So 
you may be an obliger most of the time, but around certain things, you may really need that internal commitment. You may not want to tell anybody. You may be, you know, you may be, um, you may be an obliger not to tell anybody that this is a commitment you're making right now. So know yourself around this particular change. How does it feel to say, I'm making this commitment to someone else. I'm making this commitment to myself. And make that commitment. Weird. Make it in the right place. Make sure that you have that written down or posted, if that makes sense to you. Again, personal preference. But sometimes it helps to have that commitment in a place where you see it every day and who you're committing to. I am committing to myself that I will X, Y, Z. I am committing to my coach, my accountability partner, my group, even, although I'm not real fond of this one, my spouse or my child. I'm not fond of making, um, turning our, our loved ones into accountability partners. And the reason is if we do go off the track, we tend to get angry at our accountability partners. It's much easier to lose an accountability partner who isn't a best friend, who isn't a child, who isn't a spouse, but is somebody in your life that you can make that commitment to. Sometimes you can make that commitment. There's a couple of, I bet I can do this kinds of websites where you actually bet money. And so for some people, that's a really good way to make it. Step four is to act from commitment. So don't try and act from, from motivation all the time. Because as I said, motivation's like that muscle. It's going to get tired. Use that commitment. Use that obligation to someone else or to yourself, whichever one works better for you, to act from commitment. So if I say I'm going, um, I'm going to the gym tomorrow morning, I go to the gym tomorrow morning because I'm not because I want to, not because it's fun, not because I'm going to feel better, not because it's going to make my pants feel better, fit better, but because I said I was going to. Sometimes that means moving things around. If it's raining outside, I might say, uh -uh, I'm not running this morning, but I'll run this afternoon. I have, fortunately, have that luxury. But make the commitment and then act from that commitment. Step five, expect to screw up. So here's the thing. Even commitment isn't going to work 100% of the time for most people. You're going to walk into the break room and there's going to be the birthday cake. And maybe it's even the birthday cake for you or it's from your favorite bakery or it's just you've been having a bad day and that cake is just calling your name and you grab a piece. Okay, you screwed up. You didn't follow through on your commitment. So what do you do? Give up? Does that make sense? Sitting here in the cold light of day when you're not in that position probably doesn't make sense. So you go back, you rely on your commitment, 
you reconnect with your motivation and you restart, you recommit, and you act as if you're going to make it because you can. If this all resonates with you and you'd like to talk about how you can make the changes that you want or think you need to make in your life for your health, for your wellness, for your future, I'd love to talk with you about this. Reach out to me. There's a link in the show notes today as to how you can set up a short meeting with me just to talk about how you can use motivation, commitment, and just doing it to make positive changes in your life. And I'll tell you all about how I work with my clients to make the changes that they need to make. It's in the show notes. I'll be right back in just a few minutes with three things making me smile this week. Are you running on empty? Do you wake up in the morning feeling like you're done for the day before you even get out of bed? Menopause can do that to you. The changes in menopause echo throughout your body, causing symptoms like depression, anger, GERD, weight gain, insomnia, and fatigue. The symptoms can last for decades. I've helped hundreds of women get better sleep, wake up full of energy that lasts the whole day, and ditch all the other symptoms that were dragging them down. I'd like to offer you a free consultation with me to find out how you can take control of your menopause journey and feel better now. You can schedule your time to talk at menopause.guru slash consult. Hey, everybody. Three things making me smile. You're all sick of hearing about Mardi Gras, I'm sure, but it is coming up. So... One of the things that I've changed in my life lately is how I get up and get ready for the day. And what I have changed is that I get up and I spend some time with my cat and I spend some time with my books. So I'm reading the stuff I need to read. Some of it is spiritual, some of it is business, and some of it is pure pleasure. And I try and mix up that three in the morning. And I spend some time with my cat who rewards me for that by purring loudly and just snuggling into the petting and the scratching I do. So she makes me smile. Thing two, making me smile. I guess we'll go on to books because lately books have been making me smile. Not just my books, but being able to to get some, some good reading time in thrillers. been reading a woman named Emily Kimmelman lately, and she has, has some real fun books to read and uh, very empowering. She has a very empowering heroine, and I really enjoy reading her books. Um, can't wait till she gets her next one out. The third thing making me smile is it's trivia night. I'm recording this on Trivia Night and my trivia team is so much fun. They are all ages and it's a group of people who just have a whole lot of fun going out and answering silly questions about almost anything. So Trivia Night is making me smile. It is, it's usually my a little bit cheat night. Uh, so I can, I can relax a little bit, uh, but I don't have to 
because it's a great place to go for a fun night. What's making you smile? What are you grateful for? What's making you happy? Looking forward to hearing from you. Please, if this podcast resonates with you, leave me a rating and review and subscribe so that you get this content Every week it drops on Sunday and that means you can read it, uh, listen to it before your week starts. And let me know if there's topics that you would like to hear about Menopause Matters, the podcast on Facebook or menopausematterspodcast.com is where you can find me around this podcast. Good talking with you. And I'll see you next week when I'm going to be joined by another special guest. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.